This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello, hello. Welcome to your latest instalment of the World's Best Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Mills, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Luke Bly and Liam Marsh. Let's come to Luke first this week. Can't remember who did first last week, but anyway, we're going to come to Luke first this week. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, mate. I uh, I got a new toy, didn't I? Got a new toy. Got a new camera uh, the other day. So I've been playing around with that, getting to grips with that. And it's been, it's been beautiful, mate. I got the only, uh, only the Sony a seven Mark four. Yeah. It's a, it's a beauty. And then I'm going to be up London taking pictures of buildings and I, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. So that's it. That's basically the most interesting thing that's happened to me in the last seven days. So there you go, mate. My exciting life. My exciting life. What about you? You okay? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's been uh, Internet Safety Week at my son's school, which was good. So he had to design a... I mean, my son is seven. He's about to turn eight. Uh, he has to make an internet safety poster. So I'm the designated parent. Between me and my wife, I am the designated parent for online safety and internet stuff. I mean, our kids are okay. seven and five, so it's not a huge part of their lives just yet. But... um yeah, that was cool. His poster got selected and put at the front of the school. I mean, his dad did kind of help him a little bit. Not too much, but helped him a little bit. I gave him some gentle direction. Uh, but he came up with his own idea, his own tips and everything. It's got picked as one of the top posters at the front of the school, which was cool. Um, I then had to go to a parent's, uh, a parent's chat about online safety with this uh, computing consultant who knew very little about the internet, which was... Uh, quite shocking and disappointing so (laughs) yeah here i am a parent trying to steer my kids through this new digital world i'll let you know how this goes guys that'll be that'll be fun just a photo of fred mills on the poster avoid this man on the the internet (laughs) (laughs) hilarious luke hilarious liam how you doing I'm good, mate. I'm good. I um I haven't been up to, to too much to be honest. I've just been navigating um a lot of maintenance for my house, getting some um interesting tradespeople and some really interesting quotes uh from different tradies. I had a guy, I had two guys uh quote me for some flashing around one of my skylights downstairs, right? It just leaked a little bit, apparently. It, it wears down over the years. <clears throat> I had one guy come out, quoted me fifteen hundred, and then I had another guy come out. Uh, and was like, yeah, it's pretty bad. I need to change all the flashing, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. What, what, what's the quote, mate? He's like, oh, it's $3,200. I was like, what? I was like, I just had a guy before me, mate, like 1500 bucks. And he's just like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's, it's a big job, blah, blah, blah. I, was like, I just had to laugh. I was like, right. <laughs> <laughs> she just got to laugh, and I was just like shocked. 
the original guy came back, he did downstairs and then he did upstairs for like two and a half grand. So I found it quite a quite an interesting experience. You you can tell it's that time of the year where not a lot is going on. <laughs> <laughs> i'm here for it i'm completely here for it yeah bananas back in your fruit bowl yet liam no mate no actually i joined the call and luke was chewing on one so still got a little bit bit of banana left from the brekkie (laughs) amazing amazing well if you're still listening to this podcast thank you coming up this week we've got new york's leaning skyscraper architect Raphael vinley has passed away we're going to look at some of his greatest projects we've got nasa's 93 billion dollar plan to colonize the moon we kid you not and Saudi Arabia's new Red Sea Spa Resort, whole thing as ever, sprinkled with plenty of witty, insightful, iconic banter, whatever you want to call it, and some of your fantastic comments from the week. Let's go. First up this week, we are looking at New York's leaning skyscraper. So, there is a big problem over in the Big Apple. One of New York's skyscrapers, the 204-meter One Seaport Tower, which is also known as 161 Maiden Lane, which sits which sits on the East Riverfront in Lower Manhattan, is leaning over by 8 centimeters to the north. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but it is a very big problem, and it's been enough to stop the construction works entirely. This half-built building is now sitting abandoned in Lower Manhattan, leaning over by eight centimeters should stress it's uh, very safe at the moment there's no suggestion that it's going to fall over uh, but works have stopped they don't want to continue until they've worked out what this problem is now this is the site of a luxury residential tower okay this was high-end luxury flats as i said now sitting abandoned while this court battle goes on and when they try and work out what the problem is apartment prices uh, originally ranged from one to seven million us dollars but at the time this video was released, all but six buyers have pulled out of their deals. There were 99 apartments. All wow. but six have pulled out because of this issue. This is a right legal expensive mess in New York. You've got a busy highway on one side going along the waterfront. You've got a city packed full of high rises, uh, busy New Yorkers, loads of density on the other You've got intense media scrutiny. You've got millions of dollars in real estate deals and engineering corrections at stake. So the pressure is on to get this tower seriously fixed. We're going to talk through the ongoing lawsuit, how it came about, what the problem is, and some of the potential engineering solutions in a bit. But let's slide over to get some hot takes fresh from the oven, spelled P-H-R-E-S-H. <laughs> Luke, what you got for us, mate? What'd you make of this? <laughs> you knew you knew to come to me first, mate. You had a feeling. I, I, I think... Um, this is an absolute mess, mate. I think this is an absolute mess. Yeah, this is Manhattan. This is New York City. And it's like, it's lower Manhattan, right? You know, so it's close to downtown, I think. And you've got this prime real estate that's just sitting there doing nothing. All because of legality and like whose fault it is. And I feel like... It's at this time, at these kind, and I, you know, I do understand it, but I feel at these kind of times, bureaucracy just absolutely destroys uh, progress. And I hope this doesn't just sit there because it's actually quite an eyesore. Like when it is there, just unfinished, it looks so ugly, and it doesn't look good on the city, mate. 
it does not look good on a city. And then this video kind of, you know, encourages other questions to be asked. Like, how did, how is this allowed? How, how did this happen in a, in a place like New York and other cities, maybe that aren't as used to building high rise, you might understand it, but New York, come on, come on, Liam. What are your first impressions of something like this, mate? Mate, same as you, Luke. I I can't mm. understand a project of this magnitude can go so wrong at a fairly early cons- a stage in the construction process and just sit there dormant, like you said, like a skeleton on prime real mm. estate in New York City. And it's just been like that for years. Um, yeah, it blows my mind. The other takeaway, the the key takeaway, I like, I'll, I'll I'll mention from the video is I'm so happy we've done a deep dive into different foundations and piles mm. and how they actually work. I think it's like the key ingredient to a good B1M documentary for me. Key old school formula, breaking it down, and it was really helpful for me because I've actually always wondered <laughs> the different sort of foundations and pilings <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> well, this is like I agree with you guys. It's a shocking. It's a shocking thing that's happened. It's happened right in the middle of Lower Manhattan, and there are probably few cities on Earth that are more expensive to build in, or more litigious or bureaucratic when it comes to issues with buildings and real estate. So, uh, yeah, a right royal mess this one. A um, bit of background for you: we're going to go through the lawsuit now, uh, just to give you a bit of information so you understand what the issue is, what the allegations are, and where this is headed. Foundation engineering is basically governed by what type of soil you have. So in New York, you've got very good bedrock below ground. Most buildings will dig deep foundations down onto the bedrock and then rise upon that. Elsewhere in the world, there's a few different ways of doing this. You can build shallow pad and strip foundations. If you're doing like a smaller domestic property, there are raft foundations. There's loads of different types of foundations. But most large high-rise buildings will use pile foundations. That is where you basically dig... Uh, or pour or install or drill deep concrete steel reinforced concrete columns that go down to solid material better material deeper below ground and transfer the weight of your building down onto that stronger material basically like a set of legs underground Mm. and you might have hundreds of piles you might have 10 piles it varies on the building you've got sometimes if a soil is kind of too weak or not up to standard you can either do a very expensive deep pile foundation or you can treat the soil by mixing in chemicals or some kind of other material and build shallower foundations upon it. Sometimes you can spend a lot of money removing the rubbish material and bringing new material onto sites. There's loads of different ways of skinning a cat, basically. With this building, the allegation is that they went for this simpler soil improvement technique and then built shallower foundations. Now, Pete Cerotti, who are the most New York-sounding contractor ever, came onto the site to build the frame. So basically, the foundations were already built and established up to ground level. All the below-ground stuff was done. Pete Cerotti then came on to build the superstructure, the frame, the actual bit of the building you see above ground on top. And they've done that. The building is topped out at 204 metres. They claim that Fortis Property Group, who are the developer who owned the project and owned the building, cut corners and took a cheaper route to remediating the soil and didn't tell them about it this is all in the in the ongoing lawsuit these are allegations and claims not proven facts just to clarify Mm. as construction continued that allegedly made the building improperly settle and caused a tilt by as we said eight centimeters to the north now pete sarotti claims if you if that isn't fixed soon there could be a risk of falling facade panels that's 
panes of glass coming off the building and falling down to the ground, corrosion, or even elevators not running properly because they're not sitting vertically in their shafts, not you know not vertical enough in their shafts. So as a result, the company claims it terminated its building contract with Fortis. Fortis, on the flip side, denies, denies that. They say the building has an alignment issue, direct quote, alignment issue, but said it wasn't a cause for any safety concerns. They also said that Pizzarotti never actually terminated their contract and instead continued working. Fortis reckon the whole thing can be fixed with a simple cladding redesign. Should say we reached out to both parties on this. Neither of them came back to us and wanted to be a part of it, probably because there's a big fat ongoing New York lawsuit happening. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's where we are. There's There's a big old lean. The two parties can't agree what's causing the lean. There's a lot of money involved here. Like these developments, right? They cost a lot of money to build and they make that money back on high-end luxury apartments. So if you've got to spend even more money building it or correcting it Mm. and you can't sell any of those apartments, you're in a big, horrendous money bit. Oh, it's it's dreadful, isn't it? It is dreadfully painful. How it's like, just fix it. Just just go in, just go in and fix it. Work together to get it done. I don't think this looks very good on the construction industry. No, I'll put that out there. Do you? And I know there's a lot of there's a lot of legal stuff on it, but I think for the everyday person, this it, it's it's not a great look, is it? Am I being too harsh there? Do you think? Or I'd flip that around. I think I think it makes the point that. There are so many buildings around this planet built every single day without any issues with their foundations. Mm. And we all take that for granted. And the fact that something does go wrong and makes the news like this, I think kind of, yes, it's shocking. It's terrible. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have gone on. It shows what happens when you cut corners, focus on cost, and don't think about engineering or treat construction works properly. And I think, it, it, yeah, for me, it underlines the fact that there are millions of engineers around the world every day absolutely nailing this and getting it right and that we take it for granted i think it makes the construction industry look great oh yeah have that <laughs> i feel i feel like everyone's everyone everyone will focus on the negative though right everyone's like what's yeah. that eyesore it's not being built why is it not being built they could look bad reflect badly on the industry i'm gonna great say film i feel set, like though. Great film yeah. set. Imagine Batman stood on top of that with the wind blowing at dusk. Oh, iconic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is great. true. Be all the yeah, Marvel films true. next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like me and Luke need to say allegedly after most things we say in this yeah. podcast. <laughs> after hearing all the legal matters. <laughs> Are you do you mean just in general, like on the podcast <laughs> for the foreseeable future? <laughs> maybe, mate. Maybe. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly the world's best construction podcast. So that's what we should rename it as. Yeah, we can yeah. put that in brackets. Well, allegedly, I'm I'm not sure if this is leaning north. I'll, I'll say that. I think it's leaning south. <laughs> I think someone's got the notes wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry to I'm sorry to be that guy, but I'm not sure if it is leaning. Is is the bit that's leaning? It's leaning toward that other office building, the the thicker office building next to it. Pretty sure it's leaning to the north, mate. That's that's what the the lawsuits everything say. Is but it really? Maybe you're orientated the wrong way. Yeah. I'm, yeah maybe, I'm gonna maybe, they're all, this. maybe they're all wrong, Luke. 
I'm going to research pop over this, there and mate. get your compass, mate. I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to research it, mate. I'm going to research it because it might the not building... be directly north. Yeah, it might. It might be like slightly a slightly different version of a direction. But anyway, it's slightly different by eight centimeters. Slightly different version of north. The Luke, <laughs> the Luke version of north. <laughs> alternative facts. <laughs> Can you imagine if it is down to the the soil testing? The person that did that job, right? Say if you're like, yeah, yeah, I've done it for sure. Yep, signed off. Cool. Boom. <laughs> oh crap! The building's leaning. A couple of months later. Oh mate. Allegedly. Oh, oh, Allegedly. <laughs> Let's imagine that though. You just oh mate, yeah, that's a big I mistake. I can't imagine. I can't imagine it. I know we've seen, we've obviously seen this in San Francisco, didn't we? Um, but and we and we did a episode on that. But I think this one is different, where it's at least the place in San Francisco has people living in it, right? And they're kind of fixing it while the building actually functions as a building. This is just sitting there, and I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's. I, I'm just. I'm really surprised this is happening of all places in New York. You know, I, I, I would have thought there would be the expertise and the the talent for this not to happen. A bit like what you said, uh, Fred, like earlier. You know, there is so much um, incredible engineering that happens in a place like New York every single day. And the fact that these like monolith towers can just stand there for decades and centuries and still function as working buildings is is it's a it's a marvel in its own right. Um so when this happens, I don't know, it just it seems like it's very out of character. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think that's the surprise here. That's the shock. It's not the because this sort of thing does obviously happen. It's just in New York, really? You know? I don't know. I don't know. There's a few things kicking around about how they might fix this. So actually, similar to Millennium Tower in San Francisco, if, I mean, there's this ongoing lawsuit, right? So that each side has got engineers arguing that the problem is X or Y, and they can't actually agree on what the issue is. I think they, you know, putting the lawsuit aside, the engineering-wise, you need to work out what the problem is before you can then fix it. Now, they, now they may know what the problem is. They're just not you know revealing that because they're in a legal battle. But if it... If it is the cladding thing, then yes, a redesign of the cladding might correct the issue. That is the cheaper, simpler route. Worth saying that some glass had been taken off the tower again in 2020, and the rumour is that that was to prevent it from falling, although that's not been not been confirmed by anyone. I don't know why you would take glass off a skyscraper. Some people were saying it could be the wind, the pressure of the wind against the glass was causing the skyscraper to lean, or the risk mm. of falling glass. Anyway, they they've taken it off. Some some glass has regressed back down the building in 2020, which is interesting. If it's a foundation thing, like it is at Millennium Tower in San Francisco, it's complicated, but you could basically do underpinning. That's where you go in, you kind of expose the foundations down the side of the building and then put new foundations in under piecemeal to beef up the foundation that's there make it stronger and then over time i'm I'm talking like 10 20 years steadily correct the lean bloody hard work if you then got to go and sell multi-million dollar real estate apartments in a leaning building that's all over the news like yeah i imagine the building will be renamed reclad in a different color to make it look and feel like a very different building but Mm. who knows um if that doesn't work 
if the foundation underpinning thing doesn't work and basically your foundations are done and you've got to start them again, that means taking down that tower, demolishing it from the top no. down piece by piece, digging out your foundations and building the whole thing again from scratch. Yeah. I mean, it, it, at that point, it's almost easier to just call the whole thing bankrupt and get someone else in because it's just a huge money pit. Which one of those do you, again, again, like all, you know, us doing a bit of commentary here, but which one do you think is more likely if you were to go down Paddy Power? And <laughs> <laughs> what, <laughs> what what one do you think is going to happen? Um, shout out to everyone in like the deep deep US at the minute doesn't know what Paddy Power is. It's basically <laughs> the betting shop, right? Go go and put a bet on down the betting shop. Um, I probably again they don't know what the problem is, but I would imagine it's probably the foundations and it's probably some underpinning. Don't correct me mm. on that in court, guys, but uh, mm. <laughs> I would imagine underpinning will probably sort it out. It's an eight centimeter lean. I imagine underpinning would would sort it. Yeah, this is a big development with a notable contractor in a major city on solid bedrock. I, I know nobody wants to take that whole building down and build it again because that is the most like, most expensive thing you can do. Um, and yeah. yeah, you could make the money back in time on that building, but you're talking decades. It's not a good business model. So, did you say there's six people still holding on to the apartments that they bought? Yeah, so all but six have pulled out of their deals. I don't know if that means they can't get out of their deals or they don't want to. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Um, I've got a really important detail that I noticed in the video. It's a really good video, by the way. I love the like diagrams and like what Liam was saying, like showing us the engineering, how this actually happens. But um, another detail that I loved was, is it Saeed? Saeed was on there talking and um, Great that touch. guy has a has a, has a killer moustache. He does, oh my he? god, mate! Major <laughs> right. Borat vibes. Yeah. Major <laughs> Borat vibes. As soon as I saw him, it's big, it's thick, it's, it's oh, mate, it's beautiful. It's a real deal. Yeah, it's impressive. That's what I, that that was the highlight probably of the video, Fred. So <laughs> yeah, he's an intelligent, he's an intelligent guy. I want to say a big thank you to him for coming on. But he is, uh, he's a character. He definitely, he's, he's a, yeah, he's a good character to have on because he gives a bit of color and interest, and he's, he's fun to listen to. So it's almost like he's a voicing a engineering The Simpsons, isn't it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was going to have a listen, guys, if you haven't, if you haven't already. But um, no, he's a, yeah, he's a proper respected engineer. Big thanks to him for coming on, even though we've. Uh, We've taken the mick about his fantastic moustache. No, which, I'm not taking fairness, the mick. I'm being serious. I think it's great. <laughs> you you guys are not taking the mick. You're not taking the mick. I'm not. I wish I'm I could not. grow a moustache like that. Say, in I'll your look, dreams. In I, my dreams. I, would, I, I just wouldn't look good, mate. It wouldn't look... I can't grow a moustache like that. I just look like a creep. Only certain people can pull off a good moustache. Fred, I'm not like, Fred yeah. needs to give it a go, doesn't he? Right, I'm going to have Come on, I don't, I don't have the testosterone. I don't have the testosterone levels to grow something like that. It'll take me, <laughs> take me a good eight to ten years, I reckon. Start now, mate. <laughs> have one when you're in your fifties. I did. I started. I started five years ago, Liam. What are you saying? You can't see <laughs> when it yet. You're in your fifties. <laughs> that was clever. <clears throat> oh no! Shocking this tower. Yeah. Shocking. No, another little bit of colour. Not not been the best project, this. Um, the construction works were behind schedule. There'd been delays. There was also a fatal accident a few years ago. So mm. somebody died falling off the tower. Um, yeah, at this point, it's it's almost like, you know, 
some sort of haunted house. Just just stop. What a mess. Mm. Well, hopefully it gets sorted out, mate. Hopefully it gets sorted out because it's at such it's in such a prominent position. You know, when you're crossing the Brooklyn Bridge, um, when you're in Lower Manhattan, you, you'll be able to see this thing. And if it is just there, sitting there doing nothing, I don't know. I think that would be such a shame. What do you what do you think of the actual um, design of the tower? You know, the actual look of the tower because it's a, it's quite a skinny um, tower for this part of Manhattan, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. I like the sort of super slender look. It's really clever how they've they've sort of slithered this. It's like a slith- little slither of a site, and they've kind of inserted this little building and made it rise. You know, mm. I can imagine that when they first started doing it, it was a great little business case. You know, they're getting some some high value apartments on a small site. You've got views of the river. Yeah, it's great, fantastic. I think the architecture looks good if it stands up straight. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Key part of it. I've got a I've got a question for you guys. Um, one for you, especially Fred. I like to ask you questions every week. <laughs> what what skyscraper in the world do you think has the deepest foundation? What's oh, a good question? Um, I'll give you I a hint. Think- do you want a hint? Oh, you know the answer, do you? Oh yeah, I'm, I've got Google open. <laughs> <laughs> go on then give us give us no a no I, I want to hear your answer go on so I'd either go with uh, the Burj Khalifa because it's very tall and built in the desert or I'd go with One World Trade Centre because it was crazy over engineered oh wow um, so it, apparently it's the Petronas Towers in Malaysia mm. the depth of its foundation is 120 metres I think the Burj is not that deep compared to this like 60 meters or something wow there you go and that's good that's wow wow (laughs) (laughs) that's got to be to do with the soil you know the where they're building it as well right it's like i think they always have a bit of difficulty in building in london because the the quality of the 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 ground or soil is like very clayy there's a lot of clay in it Uh, that's why big ben lent at one point didn't it and i had to correct that a long time ago right Right, Fred, the foundations weren't mm-hmm. good enough. Mm-hmm. There you go, mate. So, take me to a pub quiz. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you thought about this one, guys. Get your emails coming in podcast at the B1M.com. Have you seen this building? Have you noticed this building in New York? It's pretty it's pretty striking if you're down, down and around it. Uh, I should stress again, no one is suggesting this building is on the verge of collapsing. It's safe right now, so don't worry if you're walking down the street next to it listening to this podcast. You're going to be okay. Uh, but yeah, let us know what you think about this. Where do you think it's going to end up? Do you know any more details about this and what's going on? Give us a shout. Podcast at the B1M.com. Also in the news this week, some very sad news. The architect Raphael Vinelli has passed away at the age of 78. We did some posts around this celebrating uh, some of his sort of most notable buildings and got lots of comments back in, which we'll talk through in a minute. But you know, some of the big things that he's designed over the years, 432 Park Avenue in Manhattan, that super slender skyscraper, kind of the first super slender skyscraper on Billionaire's Row. Uh, the Laguna Garazon Bridge in uh, Uruguay, Vinali's native Uruguay, which is a fantastic bridge. It has this kind of circle shape on it that's designed to make cars, deliberately designed to make cars slow down and admire the view, creating a safer environment for pedestrians, which I think is is very, very cool. Um, 20 Fenchurch Street, a.k.a. the Walkie Talkie in London, which 
say what you like about it, is a notable building. Definitely has made an impact on London. Beautiful. Uh, many, many others, but I think Tokyo International Forum is probably up there as well. So, yeah, what do you guys make of this news? Well, it's sad, obviously. It's sad, but, um, I mean, what a cool legacy to leave behind, right? You know, um, the fact that we'll be able to look at these buildings and be like, look, this was designed by Raphael. And I don't, I don't know. I think that's, I think it's a, it's an incredible legacy, incredible legacy and, um, walkie talkie, mate, walkie talkie, kind of a big deal. The more, the more you make fun of it, Fred, the more you're pushing me to support it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, the more you're like, oh, rubbish, rah, rah, rah. I'm like, no, nah, I love, I, I like being the old walkie talkie. Come on. <laughs> Music to my ears, mate. Music to my ears. How hard was it for you to post that, Fred? As soon as I saw it the other day, I was like, oof, but yeah, that was a tough one for Fred to post. <laughs> no, look, look, look. <laughs> I don't I don't like the walkie-talkie, but as a as a as a bold piece of architecture um that's had an impact on the city's skyline, that's that's you know, it's undeniably a big striking piece of work. I don't like it, but it doesn't mean I'm not gonna, you know, celebrate it. I think what's quite sad is the amount of negative pushback we have had to the post about Raphael Vinley. Now, the guy has just passed away and people are saying, yeah, but 432 Park Avenue creaks and leaks and uh, the walkie-talkie set cars on fire. The the guy mm. should be put in prison for all this stuff. And it's like, well, he, he just died. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of anger sometimes. People don't think before they tweet. Mm. Do you think the, well, do both of you guys think the walkie-talkie is the most controversial skyscraper in London? It's the, it's it's the most talked about, right? Oh, most controversial I, skyscraper in London. That's a good. Yeah, it probably is. Mm, I'd say it's a toss up between Walkie Talkie and Twenty Two Bishop's Gate because that's now the tallest in the square mile. But it was originally meant to be a completely different design. It went through redesigns and then it went back to another design and yeah. from I feel some like angles. Cool. Yeah, but go on. Sorry, mate. I was, I feel like Twenty Two Bishop's Gate's a bit too new. On the scene, to you know what I mean. I feel yeah. I feel like most people like my partner. She doesn't care mm. about building skyscraper architecture. I mean, she likes architecture, but she'd probably only be able to name the Shard, the Gherkin, the Walkie Talkie. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I've got friends. I've got friends that'd be the same. So, what's that Gherkin-looking cool. building? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, that's true that is I, th- I actually think there's some merit to that point you know um, there is something about the walkie talkie that gets people talking a lot I think it's like the position how close it is to the Thames maybe um, and also you can go to the top of it for free yeah and it's and it's phenomenal say what you want about the building once you're at the top of that sky garden I mean come on it's it's fantastic I think so I think so. So, yeah. And, yeah, the distasteful comments are a little bit, are a little bit tone deaf, but, you know, a lot of people are like that, aren't they? A lot of Egypts around. And, I want to I want to yeah. read a few of these acts. We had lots of comments coming in, and we've got a, a nice mixed bag for balance, obviously, because we like a bit of balance okay. on this podcast. Uh, so yeah. Matt saying, what a legacy to generations indeed. Brilliant, innovative, and beautiful pieces of architectural art that were contribu- contributed for millions to experience and admire that's inspiration personified. Uh, Pierrick, on the other hand, saying the walkie-talkie and 432 Park Avenue are the perfect examples of the bad side of modern architecture. Someone else saying only controversial works, which, you know, 
probably agree with that. He's made a name for himself by having some big, noteworthy, newsworthy buildings. Um, Tony Kosak saying, also wants to shout out the David L. Lawrence Convention Center in Pittsburgh, which was a brilliant convention center design playing off the city of Bridges. Has had a lot of problems, but pushing boundaries should be celebrated, then overly critiqued, RIP mm. to a brilliant architect. Someone else saying that the Carrasco International Airport in Uruguay is worth a shout as well. Um, and then a couple of other ones. Someone said he had good designs with bad calculations, which seems to be a bit of a theme. There did seem to be some engineering issues with quite a few of his projects. Um, and then someone was saying the, the bridge is good, but the buildings are monstrous. They blight their cities for decades to come. <laughs> the guy the guy just died. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. <laughs> some people, some people. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Each their own. Each anyway, their own. Big, yeah. noteworthy architects did some big projects that impacted the world. Let us know what you think about that one, guys. There's been lots of comments online, but yeah, good to get good to get a bit of debate going around that one. Um, now we're sliding, we're not sliding over to NASA. We're going up to space. We're going over to the moon because NASA has announced a $93 billion plan to 3D print a building in near zero gravity on the surface of the moon. This was a video we brought out on tomorrow's build last week, which has gone down like a storm. People liking this one. Uh, So it's called Project Artemis, and basically NASA have teamed up with a firm called Icon, which is a Texas-based 3D printing specialist. They were given a $57 million contract in November 2022 after having done some pilots for NASA. Um, As it happens, Icon are, as I said, 3D printing specialists. They're pretty good at this stuff. They're currently, they built the US's first 3D printed building, and now they're working on a 100 home 3D printed home development in Austin, Texas, which sounds exciting. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll be interested to see what that looks like when it's done. But uh, yeah, that's that's in progress. The moon thing, they want to do a, a live demo of it on the moon in 2026. And the idea is that then could expand into a wider colony on the moon if it goes well. Mm. Be it, they reckon that could be like 50 years away. Um, interesting part of the construction with this is that the moon has just 16% of the Earth's gravity. So laying materials on top of each other, like we do on Earth, is not so straightforward on the moon because things, you know, there isn't as much gravity. Things don't sit down on top of one another. Mm. Um, so they've developed this 3D printing process with a metal wire to guide the 3D printed molten material, this regolith rock they bring up from the surface of the moon, into the right place, and then basically the droplets stick to the wire by surface tension within the molten material. Very complicated, literally. This is uh, this is rocket science here. Um, so we've got more detail mm-hmm. on that in the video with a, with a scientist who's come and spoke to us, which is great. Um, now, you might be thinking this is a bit far-fetched, but the idea is that this could teach us to build more sustainably on Earth. The way this project's designed, it can only build with what's around it. Uh, it can only sustain itself with what's around it. And if we can do that on the moon, maybe we could do that in some other places on our planets. Pretty out of this world idea. What do you guys reckon? Oh, <laughs> out of this world, out of this world. Put them. Um, I one of the highlights of the video for me, mate, was the three D printed shoe with the iPhone <laughs> just wedged <laughs> to the side of it. I was like, brilliant. There we go. That's that's where that's what humans do with uh, with technology. I think I th- I think this is this is a like a bonkers idea, mate. Um, a bonkers idea. It it could. Uh, we're kind of entering into like a new space age, aren't we? 
that's kind of what's happening um and i think whether you agree with that whether you disagree with that that's a whole different conversation you know i'm sure money can be put into lots of different things but you know that's not anything new we all spend money on stupid stuff don't we so i don't know i think um I think this is impressive. If they actually do it, this is going to be really, really impressive. I just don't see how uh, the moon having a colony there. Like, what's the point? What's the, what you know? What's the point? What what are we going to get from living on like having a colony in the moon? Other than I don't know. It's probably I'm I'm probably very naive and a bit ignorant to everything on this on on this. But I think from an architectural perspective, this could be very, very interesting. And one of the biggest deals in construction and architecture maybe in the last few hundred years maybe thousands of years so i don't know what what do you think liam um i'm i'm all for exploring the universe colonizing the moon mars things like that absolutely i think it's really interesting i think i love seeing content on it as well i'm not too sure about the 3d printing it seems quite far-fetched how they're gonna do it on the moon i mean obviously i watched the video i still wouldn't it make more sense just to like prefabricate things on earth and send it up there like a, a you know something with four walls mm. Mm. and a roof kind of thing and you know it it's opens up or whatever when you get up there and it's you bolt it down i just like i, I get it you know what fred's saying that it can help on earth they can 3d print from materials and things like that um on earth but i mean just get a 3d printer and just use the different materials down here i suppose <laughs> like you know i'm being <laughs> quite negative about it get your <laughs> uh, get your place. roofing get your roofing bloke to quote for it mate see what he says <laughs> <laughs> mate this would be in the hundred millions to that guy <laughs> hundred millions <laughs> oh you what mate so what i got print it here and then put it together where do you want it delivered all right yeah to the moon. <laughs> yeah yeah <sighs> yeah mate yeah. I, I don't know i am all for space travel things like that absolutely i think i I find that stuff really interesting um yeah not not too sure about the 3d printing it does feel like ridiculously far-fetched doesn't it it's it's striking to me that the biggest star wars fan on this podcast is the one who's most pessimistic about space and building (laughs) in space so that that says (laughs) that says a lot i i think yeah yeah i i always find there is a there is a deeper goal with this they're looking at mm. you know sustainable building design how they can learn from it i i struggle with how much money is being poured into space exploration and we've got a lot of problems here on earth but then i do get that they're trying to solve problems on earth with space exploration it's mm. a big debate it, it does feel it does feel a little out of touch with what's actually happening on the world right now um yeah i don't know I, it's, it's one of those things it just feels very far-fetched there are real things happening nasa are really doing it they've got experts doing it I'm sure they'll do a project up there, but yeah, it just, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't, I can't see a moon colony being, yeah, we can't build affordable housing in London. I mean, yeah. <laughs> would you guys, would you guys go up there? A little month, a little two week holiday with the missus. Uh, it doesn't really appeal to me, believe it or not. I know Fred said. I know Fred said that I'm. I'm obviously a massive Star Wars fan. I am, but like, I don't know. Like, it's yeah. I don't know. I I I feel actually quite mixed on this. I think it's so. I think it's so cool to see what we as like 
the human race can accomplish, what we can do. We can do amazing things. Um, but a bit like what Fred said, you know, we can fix a lot of our own problems here on Earth, but we don't do that. So <laughs> I, don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't want to get too deep. I don't want to get too deep into it. But yeah, I think I think this is it's it's interesting. It, it, listen, if this actually happens in 2026, it'll be it'll be incredible to watch this sort of stuff happen. They are doing an, they're planning on doing another moon landing, aren't they? Yeah, like, 2024 apparently. Seriously, mm. next year. Well, I thought it was later than that. The, 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 I think the goal is 2024, and then the the actual plan for this is 2026. So I, it does change a lot, though, doesn't it? So I don't know. Oh. Three years is, is not far away for this to be happening. It won't no. be three years, will it? I mean, come on. We, we've all seen this before. It's like, oh, hey, we've, we've spent a rocket up to Mars <laughs> 20 years ago. And today it's landing. It's like for one Saturday morning, everyone's like, ooh. And then like, there's just like these grainy images of this little thing rolling down a ramp. And that's like, hey, we rolled the thing down a ramp. I spent 20 years building this. And today it rolled down the ramp. And everyone's like, oh, great. And then some celebrity news like overtakes it and, you know. It's like the um, <laughs> mate. It's, it's like the Simpsons um snippet that put in, they put in the video. It's just like it gets uh the channel gets stuck on a space launch, and Bart's like, <laughs> "No, not another space launch." I was like, "I used to feel like that when I was a kid." You know what I mean? Like someone's like, "Oh, we're gonna watch a space launch." I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> Luke's looking at me disapproving. No, no, no. I just I'm I'm from um a slightly different generation where we're, where this stuff was Ooh, just kind of getting it's like, you old. Hit, hit, I was getting, this was all hit on the head, wasn't it? When I was growing up, they were like, "Yeah, we're not doing, we're not doing any of the rocket stuff anymore." So we were like, "All oh, right, okay." Um, and then you got SpaceX doing its thing, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, mate. it's all down know. to Elon now. You know, you can't, we we had a big issue with the clicking links on Twitter yesterday, and you can't. The photo crop was wrong for two weeks. But hey, yeah, let's get let's get him building the space station. You know what can go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's doing it. Wow, well, listen, he's doing a better job than anyone else he he, at the he moment. Is. Credit where credit's due. So. Don't don't be offended, mate. If you still want to give me a loan, I'm still here. Still still like you. You have put rockets into space. Fair fair shout, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, now uh, closer to home. Mo- let- <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm. I'm moving it on. I'm moving it on. Great minds think like closer to home. We are sliding over to the Middle Eastern country that, in recent months, has brought you the line, the cube, the ski resort in the desert. That's right. We're back in Saudi Arabia, guys. Where a much tamer and calmer new spa, new Islamic architecture inspired spa, has been announced, which looks gorgeous. I have to say, this is very, very beautiful. Uh, it's obviously a very high-end, expensive spa. I won't be able to afford to go, but it looks cool. It's rising uh, as part of the new Amala mega projects, which is this vast new district being built on the Red Sea coast. All part of this wider plan, as we've said before, to try and diversify the Saudi economy away from oil to tourism. So this is a big public investment fund, government-backed project in Saudi Arabia. Um under construction now it looks interesting there's a lot of stuff around saudi arabia about labor practices around uh, the environmental impact of these projects particularly the ones that are being built on the red sea coastline and the damage that could do to coral uh but yeah lots of comments as well which we're going to go through in a minute but what do you guys what do you guys reckon are you checking in to this little new spa in saudi arabia a hundred percent 
Um, I, what, what I'm finding, the more um, projects we're covering, obviously, the, the more launches over there, the more into Islamic architecture I'm actually finding myself. I think it's, mm. it's really cool architecture. It's really different. Um, yeah, I just love, I love that the buildings are all set up in like big, long sort of timber um, frames as well. I mean, the big arches and things like that with the palm trees. It just looks, yeah, it, it looks like a spa. Right, hmm. I know what you mean, but it's beautiful, I isn't it? I love that that Riyadh, the Riyadh house design they have, where they have that, that, the sort of open air courtyard in the middle of the houses with the the colonnade corridors around. Absolutely stunning. A lot of that inspiration, I think, came over to or that inspiration moved over to uh, parts of Europe as well. There's a uh, some buildings in Parma, Mallorca, I like that. Absolutely beautiful. There's, there's this really nice cafe there. There's in an old converted. Riyadh style building and you go in this like little unassuming door then inside there's this beautiful open air courtyard with waterfalls and trees it's yeah it's fantastic like that sort of architecture is mm. it is breathtaking i think they've really nailed it in this design it really comes through in this it looks like a yeah really nice development well there there's parts of um spain that look just like um morocco and there's reason for that mm. right spain at one point was um islamic so you're seeing that kind of Islamic architecture in in uh, influence across uh, parts of Europe, but particularly like the Iberian Peninsula. Um, I I think, mate, I Saudi have been announcing a lot of crazy things lately. Some of them are really impressive. Some of them I'm not a fan of, as you guys know if you've listened to the podcast. You know we're not we're not like praising everything that comes out of Saudi Arabia, um, but. If I'm being honest, I think I think this is one of my favourite projects they've announced for Saudi comfortably, and I feel like it's it's partly because I don't know it keeps its identity, it keeps its culture. I look at it and I go, yeah, that 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 looks Arab, it looks Arabic, it looks Islamic, and uh, and it's and it's so so well executed. Everything about it, it is gorgeous. I would 100% stay there. I'd one hundred percent stay there. It looks it looks absolutely stunning, um, and now that's that's aside from a lot of other things. Yes, we're aware of a lot of the political situations in Saudi and that, but you know, we're, we're talking about this project. We're talking about this project right here, right now, and um, I think it's really, really, really impressive. Really impressive. I'm so happy that there's a project that just screams, I don't know, Arab. Arabic, yeah, that and is reflected. It's not just an Im- go, yeah. Sorry, Michael. No, 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 no. It's it's not just copycat architecture from. It, it's I don't look at it and go that could be anywhere. Yeah, I don't look at that and go, oh, that could be mm. in the Caribbean. That could be, you know, it looks like it's Arab. So sorry, what were you what were you about to say, mate? No, I was going to say that's reflected in the comments as well. And there's a few people saying uh, this is gorgeous. To quote you, Luke, it's nice to oh, see a oh. new project in Saudi that acknowledges their own history. It seems yeah. that fancy boxes get all the attention these days, but it's great to see things like this still being built. So, yeah, it's yeah. Like, but that is, you know, people people see that. Um, Sam said it looks impossibly green, kind of like Duplo, which <laughs> sort, of, <laughs> sort of to understand for some of the renders. Uh, and then again, for balance, Brian Durkin saying, how about they finish one project before they announce the next one? We've yet to mm. see even one of these projects come close to being done. Mm. Got a point. Ah, what is why? What 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 is with all the construction announcements in Saudi? Like it's it's one after the other, isn't it? We, like it feels like every other show, or at least every week, we're talking about like a new proposal. 
Yeah, well, you've got the world's largest sovereign wealth fund, the Public Investment Fund, snappily shortened to PIF, which is being funded by the Saudi Arabian government. And their goal is to diversify their economy away from oil to tourism. There's a lot of money and, you know, federal government level investment going into this. And they're they're going for it big time. They're they're very ambitious with their goals. They want to grab headlines, grab attention. As I said a few weeks ago, there are some some good urban developments coming out of this, but a lot of it is anchored by very eye-catching big projects like the Cube or, you know, Trajina mm. being a snow resort in the desert with Zardine Architects and others designing it to catch your attention. Um, the line, obviously, is particularly mental and out there, but uh, it's it's designed to make headlines. It's designed to grab people's attention and to get the world coming to Saudi Arabia and spending their money in Saudi Arabia in luxury resorts like this. Now, whether that's right or wrong, whether the country can sort of make itself more welcoming and appealing to the world by addressing some of the issues in its political system, its royal family, its uh, labour practices, the impact it has on the environment remains to be seen. That is a debate that shouldn't be shied away from, that should be talked about. Uh, but yeah, that that is why that's why they're going for it. It's you, you've got basically one man at the very top uh, with the goal of getting this done and it's his top priority Hmm. now moving over to the old inbox who has slid into our dms this week mr bligh uh well we've got two uh cheeky and very kind apple podcast reviews uh first one from muse and creator from the us um he goes these guys are great i don't even need to listen to one podcast to know that i'll love this i've been watching the b1m on youtube for probably two years and i have them on subscribe and alert because i know they'll be interesting and informative as well as pretty humorous fred you've got a great radio voice now just watch the (laughs) four billion chicago tunnel network video waiting for the next impatiently that's sweet, isn't it, mate? You've got a great radio voice. Yeah, Is he saying radio. you've got a face for radio? Head, yeah, that's what I was for radio, mate. He's <laughs> <laughs> a prawn. <laughs> Ouch. He clearly yeah. hasn't seen my uh, Swiss pool photos, has he? Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I what I liked was on this week's video. You've got the teaching, you've got the teaching board, like the construction one hundred and one, engineering one hundred and one, and you've just got your face on a little cartoon like body. I love that. I want more of that. Yeah, yeah. I Mate, thought, like, that was my idea, but I told uh, Kurt, who's our video editor, fantastic video mm. editor on our team, to kind of have fun with it and take anything from my Instagram and make it into a caricature of me, which he did. So <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you for that review. Uh, We've got one more. Um, It's called World's Best Tunnel Podcast. Five stars. Keep it up, boys. Peter T. Chen from New Zealand. Um, (laughs) So he knows we we love a tunnel. And for about five weeks on the trot, we were talking about tunnels. So (laughs) cheers, mate. Cheers, Pete. I love the messages and emails that come in. We've heard no voicemails. Remember, I said about you can like send a voice note in. I've had nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Maybe you could do uh, Alec Guinness, mate, nineteen seventies Alec Guinness, and just record it and fake it. Yeah, I'll send that in, mate. Well, sort the of, other day we sort of we thing did you do. we we did um yeah you know you know <laughs> <laughs> it's been a bit a busy this week. Time. No fake yeah. emails. 
<laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. Just the fake, just the fake reviews this week. Like, well, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. All right, leave him alone. He's, he has yeah. put a lot of work into those fake names and a lot of effort. Well, we we did um, a review the other week from Rajoi, I think um, his name was. But I mi- we read out his his message, which is a really nice message. Um, but I missed out the title of his review. So you can put titles on the review. And he compared us to the top gear of the construction industry. Eh? So there we go. Something to to, to go home with to think about. <laughs> we should do lap times. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'd win. <laughs> I reckon I reckon I could outrun you guys. I'll put that out there. Everyone always oh. sleeps on are you are you quick runner? Me, Fred, are you, uh, Fred, are you a quick? Are you a quick runner? Uh, no, my, I'm, I'm ripped muscular instead. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. I can't see Fred doing much cardio. <laughs> oh, oh, that's me. I close my pump rings on a regular basis. I have, you know, yeah, very... you're, just, you're just about the pump, mate. Getting the pump in. Yeah, just Fred. About the pump. Oh, go away. <laughs> pump. The slow pump. That's all. That's all, Fred. That's all, Fred. Ah, uh, good week, mate. Though good it's week. Been good fun. It's been good fun. We've kept it. Mm. Kept it reasonably clean. No, no piercing stories, which was great. Uh, no. Guys, let us know what you thought about this podcast. We spoke about New York's leading skyscraper, the NASA's NASA's like ninety-three billion dollar plan to colonize the moon, which is pretty crazy. Raphael Vinnelli's greatest projects. What What's your favorite project by him? Send it in to us. Uh, and also a very nice little spa down in Saudi Arabia. Get your comments coming in. Get your feedback coming in. We want your reviews. We want five star buttons being clicked. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Are you guys happy? Happy for me to sign off? Anything you want to end on? How about one of you guys end the show this week? Um, get your reviews in. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Thanks for thanks for listening, guys. Great job, Luke. And just to confirm, everyone will be doing that. We'll be doing that with me next week. Okay, I'll, I'll we'll come back to me in future. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, from a certain point of view. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh. He loves that. I love he it. I love that. it. The only good impression. The only good impression. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Not at all, not at all. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs>